Hello and welcome to another instalment of your friendly neighbourhood podcast, Strike the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast with a British twist. As always, I'm P-Dubs, and once again we've been afforded a, a great opportunity for, for us and and for you guys. We, we've actually been given the opportunity to interview a current cast member on one of the Netflix shows on, on Luke Cage. Um, his character has appeared in both season one and will be in the upcoming season two. So you'll find out once we start the interview who, who you're going to be listening to. Up front, I want to say there's a bit of spooky going on during the episode. It's explained as we go, so don't don't worry. It, it happened. It was a, one of those things. But it doesn't spoil the interview. So join me as we, we head into this interview. So, we've got a team of interviewers with us. Tony's disappeared, his internet's playing up again. He hopefully will be with us at some point during the during this interview. Um, I'm also joined by Craig. Good evening. And Josh. Hello there. And as I said at the top of the episode, we aren't on our own. We are joined by another special guest, really privileged again. Um, and this time it's actually someone that survived... And is still on the show from from Luke Cage. We have Justin Swain, who played uh, Detective Bailey, I believe. Yes, that's correct. Hi, how you guys doing? Good, fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Love to be here. Thanks for having me. So, we're gonna obviously we're gonna talk about Luke Cage. That's that's the reason why you're here, Justin. But I wanted to talk a little bit about about your career before that as well, and and really how you got into acting. Was it always something that you wanted to do? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I started when I was a kid, um, but I was a little, you know, a big fish in a small pond in a little state over here called New Hampshire, and I was in New England, I did a bunch of drama festivals when I was a kid, and then I was at Emerson College in Boston, and then I hit New York City, and I did, I think my first gig was uh, Law and Order, SVU, which is a rite of passage for New York actors, and then after that I started doing more and more shows. I was going to say that that seems to be the rite of passage for for everybody. It's either Law and Order if you're in New York, or CSI if you're in LA. It seems exactly. to be the be the way. And I, I noticed you actually you went back to Law and Order a bit later on as well, and did another guest slot on yeah, on well, the normal one. You got the SVU, you got Law and Order, you, you got all of them. So you, you try to make the rounds. You try to do at yeah. least uh, two, at least two Law and Orders before yeah. you get out of. The- yeah, I noticed that. And then, then you also did a, a little bit of producing and writing on some shorts and on, on your own films as well. Tell us a little bit about the, the process behind those as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that that stuff's really super interesting. But um, I basically started writing uh, the, theatrical pieces in New York uh, in the mid-aughts. And then I, um, I got some plays produced. And from there, someone kind of discovered me and said, hey, can you co-write this screenplay for like a horror film with me? And I did that. And then, uh, next thing I know, I pitched a producer, uh, television, uh, idea with, um, with, with my writing partner at the time. Uh, well, not at the time. He's my writing partner now. Uh, Kevin O'Donnell. And, um, they really loved that idea. And so they started shopping that around in Los Angeles. And so currently there's, uh, two or three producers circling a, a television project that we wrote together. And, and that might be on the air in the next year or so. So that's exciting. So that's kind of what I was, what I also do. Oh yeah, and I just got done shooting a virtual reality piece, which was really interesting as well. 
Yeah, that, that, obviously we're we're theme park buffs, and that's kind of coming to the fore at the moment in in theme parks. I know a lot of the like the special events. I know Disney have currently got their Star Wars VR experience going. We've in fact we've got it here in London as well. Um, that they moved over, and I know Universal have had pieces for for their Halloween Horror Nights and things like that. So it's it's a really blooming industry, the the VR side of things. Yeah, it's like the wild, wild west, and it's a lot of fun, and um, you do work with some interesting people. I worked with this guy, Ryan Silbert, who is a producing partner, Spike Lee, and uh, some other people, and we put together a virtual reality piece called The Stitch Line, which I think is going to be in some virtual reality festivals coming up. Great. That, that sounds really interesting, and hopefully it, it makes its way over here, because that would be certainly something we'd be interested in. Um, the other thing I was going to bring up, you were in an episode of Boardwalk Empire as well. Which has obviously yes. been huge. Um, what was that experience yeah. like? That was amazing. Um, I don't know if you noticed uh, in that episode, I actually worked opposite Daredevil, uh, Charlie Cox. Yes, of course he was in it. I'd completely forgotten that he'd been in it. Uh, he was there with me that day on the set. Um, I, I, I hope uh, he'd remember me now, but he was on the set that day. And it was uh, I was trading guns with uh, Steve Buscemi's character, with Nucky. And uh, and the guy who was brokering it, I think it was McGonagall, he didn't want to do it. So when he turned around, I shot him in the back of the head, and then we uh, started trading guns. But yeah. it, was a, it was a pretty amazing day. I got to work with Charlie Cox and Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Wonderful guys. Uh, absolutely amazing. Steve Buscemi is obviously uh, a legend now. Um, and and Boardwalk. You want to hear, hear, hear a fun story about yeah. that stuff? Yeah. Always. Um. So, so originally, when I killed McGonagall, I shot him with the Tommy gun, and I just really cut him in half. Just do do do. We did the blood splatter and all this stuff, and um, and and then when they went and they watched it in post, they said that was too uh, that was too much. Uh, it was too distracting. Uh, but to do that, to shoot the Tommy gun, I had to train on the gun. So there's this underground shooting range in New York City in Soho. And I spent the day with Steve Buscemi because he shot the gun too. So he and I spent the day training on the Tommy gun underground in an underground shooting range in New York City where all the guns that are used to um, make movies in New York City are housed. So it was me and Steve Buscemi and his son, and we were shooting guns all day. And the gun range guy goes, do you want to shoot something else? And so he actually gave us all of these different guns to shoot with blanks, obviously. Someone's coming in. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's Tony arriving, but I'm not sure. Hello? <laughs> Finally. Can you really know? We can, yeah. So, so in fact, that that's good timing, Tony, because we, we were actually just about to, to talk about uh, the post. Um, oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and just to... Give us a bit of an insight into working with, with Spielberg, because just uh, he's uh, one of the heroes of, of any film buff. He has to be. <laughs> yeah. No, it was um, pretty incredible uh, to, to get that part and to work with him. There's a lot of different actors going in for that. Um, and you saw the, the movie, like there's, a, there's just a stunning cast. So it was really privileged to, to be working with them. Um, but what's really, really funny is, um, a long time ago, my, my wife, uh, she has these really funky little glasses. And, 
uh, I was on my way out to an audition one day and I grabbed those glasses and I used them in the audition. <laughs> all right. And I got the part. This was for a, a movie called Muhammad Ali's Greatest Fight. And so from then on, I'm not giving this away, but they became my good luck show. So I actually brought those glasses with me to the audition for the post. And I made a little... There's a lot of noise going on yeah. in the background. Whoever's moving, stop it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm on the phone. <laughs> so it's like I'm on a horror movie. Um, no, but anyway, so so they liked the glasses in the audition. So that's how I got the part for the post as well. Because uh, Steven Spielberg actually saw the um, the clip of me, and then so when I came and I saw him on set, uh, they were setting up, and I ended up in this room all by myself. And I look over, and this little man kind of walks in, and it's just me alone. And I and I notice, and I go, wait a second, that's Steven Spielberg. And he was like, hey, good morning, Justin. And I was like, I was like, hey, oh my god. And so, so he and I kind of hung out for a second, and he was like, then he was kind of like, okay, uh, you gotta go because they had to set up the actual shot with all the technical stuff. <laughs> And uh, so I was like, oh, sorry. Uh, okay, I'll go. And I, and I left. Um, and then when working with him, he's incredibly precise. So everything that you do, he, he, he works with you in a way that he knows exactly what he wants. So when you do it right, he tells you. And you feel really good as an actor because you know you delivered just what he wanted. But we had to do this scene over and over and over again, even though it was only like 15 seconds because the, um, the extras – kept kind of doing something just a little bit wrong. And so he was getting like, 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 okay, do it again, do it again. We literally shot it about 20 times. And I got really bored of delivering my line the same way, even though I knew it was what he wanted. He, he told me, he was like, that's a good read, Justin. So I went in to do it one time, and I, and I put my face into the camera. I think the line was something like, like tell him it's from Sheehan, like, don't walk. And I raised my eyebrow, and we, he was like, okay, let's do it again. No flourish this time, Justin. That's not good. Like, okay. Because <laughs> he knew exactly what he wanted. So, like, I was like, all right, don't raise the eyebrow. And we just kept going from there. But it, he was amazing to work with. Super precise, knows what he wants. Really, really just, you know, he's a legend. Yeah. And, and you mentioned right at the top there um, about the cast. Such a great cast from both movies and TV. Currently, obviously, you've got Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, and then... And going to TV, you've got people like Sarah Paulson that just have hit it out of the park, more or less, on every project they've had in recent years. Absolutely. I, I, what's really funny is I was actually doing a table read of one of the episodes of, of Luke Cage, um, which is up in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, and they shot the post in a place called Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which is about 20 minutes south. So they, they sent a car to pick me up to bring me from the read-through down to, to set to do a, a makeup test so like they could make me look kind of like the guy Sheehan. And in the car, I'm talking to the to the uh, driver, and I'm like, hey, you've been working on this movie a lot. Yeah, yeah, I've been working on it a lot. I go, how are the people involved? You know, because it's a stellar cast. You know, like, does anybody have any attitude? He was like, no, they're amazing. He's like, Tom Hanks is incredible. He goes, he goes, I actually ran into Tom Hanks in the bathroom, and he was super nice to me. And I said, hi, Mr. Hanks. And I was like, that's crazy. And he's like, yeah, I ran into him in the bathroom. I was like, no, no kidding. And so I get there and I say goodbye to the driver and I go in and the PA comes over and he's like, Mr. Swain, you know, come with me. Do you need anything? I'm like, I need to use the restroom real quick. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go in the bathroom and I walk in and this guy turns around and it's Tom, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks in the bathroom. I was like, hey, how you doing? Oh, that was my interaction with Tom Hanks on the set. Oh, amazing. And after the, the story from the, the driver as well, it's just, 
you, you just couldn't you couldn't ask for it really, could you? You wouldn't it wouldn't happen again well, even I, if it was you... like stopped. I was like, I guess this is where Tom Hanks hangs out. I guess you know he's in the bathroom all the time. I don't yeah. know. You literally met Woody in the bathroom. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, that is, that is true. Now, Tony, I know you had some questions about the post as well. Yeah, well, it's actually really comparing it to working on a movie is to comparing it to working on a show like a Netflix show where you're filming in a block. Is it a very similar feel in terms of shooting schedule and getting the product out? Um, I think the Netflix shows, you're, they're very, you're very privileged to be able to work on them because they work a little bit more like filming a movie, like a really long movie. Um, uh, more so than like a normal TV show like a Law and Order or Blue Bloods, which is just a machine where you're going in and you're filming and you're gone. Where the other ones, they allow you a little bit more freedom on it. But what's really interesting, I think, about both of those situations is, I was saying this earlier, Marvel is very protective of their storylines and what's going on in the rest of the world. So you only actually get sent your portion of the script. You very rarely get sent an entire episode because they want to protect it. So what was funny was on the post, they actually just sent me my scene. And I decided an NDA... And it was called something completely different. It was like the Nor'easter or something like that. Like they, it was a secret, um, which was really crazy. So it was really funny was that when I went and I saw the movie and I went to the cast and crew screening, I didn't realize how my character affected the rest of the movie. <laughs> so, so I watched the movie and I see my part and it's right at the beginning. And then for the next three scenes, Tom Hanks is talking about me. And then the, the next <laughs> scene, I had no idea. So it was it was really kind of a surprise because it, in, the, in very much the same way they only give you your little portion of the movie and in, on Marvel things on certain certain aspects they only give you your portion of that episode so you don't know what what's going on or what's happening. Uh, and that kind of kind of moves us on as well straight into to talking about Luke Cage and and the secrecy. I, I wanted to talk about the audition process. We t- we spoke to Michael Nathanson about this and that it was very. Hush, hush. Was it the same for you? That you didn't really yeah, know what you were going into? Well, <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah, he, he said that, basically he joked that he got kidnapped and put in the back of a van. <laughs> and that's how we got to his yeah. audition. That was basically it, you know? It was actually really funny. Okay, I, 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 I did two auditions that day. I, I told this story before. My audition that's, that morning was for this show called Limitless, and I was terrible. I just was terrible. I totally tanked it, and I was in such a bad mood. It was like this devil-may-care mood. And I had gotten this audition in the afternoon, but Luke Cage was shot under a code name called Tierra. Okay? So you're thinking, okay, this is something called Tierra. It's for Disney, according to the audition. And I only got a couple lines. So I'm thinking it's some like princess show on NBC. For <laughs> I had no idea what it was. And, and so I went in and I was talking to the casting director who cast me in Boardwalk Empire, actually. And, um, and we were talking and I went in and, and I had no idea what it was or what it was for. But, uh, I was in such a bad mood from the earlier audition. I just didn't care. So I was all goofy. I was like complaining about millennials and like all this like, crazy <laughs> dumb stuff. And she, and she was like, let's do the audition. I'm like, yeah, what is this anyway? She's like, ah, it's something for Netflix. It's not a big deal. I'm like, okay, good. And then I got it 
And they called me. I was going north. I was like in a convertible, and I had to pull over because I couldn't hear what they said. They were like, "Yeah, you got it." And I was like, "I was like, yeah, I got it." I go, "What is it?" And they go, "Oh, it's Marvel's new show." And I was like, "What?" They're like, "Yeah, it's uh, it's the new Marvel show." And then I found out it was Luke Cage and everything else. But they literally, I auditioned with four lines. I knew it was a detective, and I thought it was some weird show for Disney that was like about a princess because it was called Tierra. <laughs> I can only imagine, uh, and just how cloak and dagger it is for for everything. I I can't imagine how it must be for the guys in the films. It must be even worse. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really funny. I'd show up on set and I'd ask, um, you know, Misty or or whoever was doing the scene with me. I was like, "What's going on?" You know, like what? Like in the, in the first season, there's a there was a scene where Scarf was killed. He betrayed Misty and he's killed, and then kind of my character goes from there. But I remember shooting a scene that comes after that. And because I didn't know what was happening, the director, after we shot the scene three times, took me aside. He's like, he's like well, you know, he's dead. And I was like, oh, no, I did not. <laughs> so, it it so must be difficult be having to film like that, not knowing what's, what's going on around you. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, like I said, the, the other, the cast, I started to, I started to get the, the rhythm of things and be like, okay, so tell me what's going on in the rest of the world. And then, and then, you know, you do get, uh, full scripts, you know, as, as you, they get to know you more and more. So that changes. Yeah. And, and I was going to bring up one, once you get to, to the filming stage of things, it's, it must have been a little bit different. And, and again, we brought this up with Michael that, that Luke was already an established character by the time the series started. We'd already seen him in Jessica Jones season one. Um, so there's kind of already this image of the show built up from previous. Did it feel like that or, or was it a completely new take? The first season was a surprise. I mean, it, it felt like, um, have you guys seen the movie The Princess Bride? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know how when they're like, uh, good night, Wesley, sleep, sleep well, too bad we have to kill you in the morning. You know, like that? <laughs> um, that's that was basically what it felt like when I was doing the first season because I never knew if I was going to be in the next episode. So they'd be like, "Okay, good job, Justin. You know, too bad. You know, we have to kill you tomorrow. Bye." Like, and I never knew if I was coming back. And uh, and so that was what it was like. You, you kind of got this idea that they were, they definitely were creating as they went to, but they had a, a complete vision. And everybody for that first season because it has a different feel from the other Marvel shows. We're like, gosh, you know, I hope this works. I hope this works. And, you know, obviously it, it did. And, uh, and then the second season, you guys, is going to be, it, it, I think right now, like, I mean, it's, it's going to be really intense. It's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be really amazing. Uh, and, and the other thing I was going to bring up kind of about, about season one was the fact that it came out and then you had a, an Oscar winner in your mess as well. Um, with Marsha Alley. Winning the, winning the Oscar as the show came out. That was incredible. I mean, I was a fan of his from House of Cards, so I met him at the rap party. And I walked up to him and I said, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours from House of Cards. It's very nice to meet you. Um, and he goes, he goes, yeah, I'm Marichella. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I know who you are. You're, you're, you're incredible. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, then he went on and won the Oscar, which was unbelievable. And, you know, he deserved, he deserved it, man. He's an amazing actor. Yeah, and and he certainly has, he stood out as one of one of the the major Marvel villains. Uh, uh, certainly on the TV side of things, he's, he kind of stands up to to David Tennant's Kilgrave 
and Jessica Jones. Um, you, you see the villain for season two, man. It's going to be amazing. I mean, I, I'm not to take anything away from Mary Shelley. Like, he was amazing too. Um, but I, I, I think everyone's going to be blown away. Um, if you look online, I think you kind of see what it's based around. But I'm telling you, man, season two, it's going to be pretty intense. It's going to be, going to be great. And, uh, and moving on to, to season two, obviously Mike's come off the back of being in the Defenders. Um, and, and Kristen's come out recently and said there probably won't be another series of the Defenders. Was at any point there a chance that you were going to be in it? Like I said, I never know what's happening the next day. <laughs> like they, they, they say, hey, we need you. Be here at this time. Here are your lines. Like show up. And I go. That's what I do. So I, I just wait. I mean, I was hoping I'd be, but you never know. No, and it, it was fairly, a fairly big cast in the end with, with characters coming from each show. It, it must have been difficult to, to pick who they wanted on for those episodes. Yeah, um, but, you know, they have a plan that's, you know, well beyond my, me, uh, that, that, that they're coordinating, I think, all the way through to the, to the movies themselves. Like everything is coordinated. That universe is so well orchestrated. Everything is planned, so they have a plan for everybody. Yeah. Curious to see what happens with with Bailey. <laughs> yeah, and and that's a, another thing. How how much do you feel the presence of the the studios, or is it more that Netflix are there and and Marvel are kind of taking a backseat, or the other way around, or are they both kind of there at the same time? When the actual like uh, filming is being done, I, you know, you, I feel very much like I'm, I'm just part of a family and like we've, we've known each other now for a while and they're just kind of, you know, you do your thing. You don't really feel that oversight at all. It, um, at the table reads, uh, I think Jeff Loeb, who is the, uh, you know, runs all of Marvel television. He was there every time. It was, it was really neat. You know, you'd be in New York, but they would Skype in on a big screen from Los Angeles and they, all the writers and the creators would listen from Los Angeles and Jeff Loeb would either be there or, or here. And so, you know, somewhere they're all coordinating everything. I just show up and do my thing. <laughs> That's great. Great that there is such a, an involvement. Obviously, Jeff's got a, a lot of shows under his, under his plate now. Um, obviously with these new shows coming up, I know we've got Cloak and Dagger coming as well and Runaways has just been on recently as well so he's, he has got a lot on his plate and it's great to see that he is so involved with with each show well yeah i mean i i actually never even had a conversation directly with him i just know that like they they definitely have an amazing organization there with marvel and disney and how they're able to put together you know the whole universe and you know it's like they're running a little city or a gigantic city. It's it's incredible what they're able to do. Yeah. And another thing that, that that's just popped into my head. Obviously, music was a, a big thing for for the season, for season one of Luke Cage, and I know James Gunn kind of plays his soundtracks as they're filming. Was there any of that while you were on set? No, it was never like that. Um, but I do know that, that Cheo, uh, he has a deep background. Uh, the creator of the show, uh, has a deep background in music. And I know that that music was very important to him. And he was so very excited to work with all the artists he was able to work with and create the sound and feel of Luke Cage with them. So that was, that, that was impressive when I finally got to see the show put all together to watch. Um, 
but there definitely feels it, you know, there's something about that that group of people. Uh, it's a real privilege to work with them. It, it definitely feels different from anything else I've ever worked on. Uh, and do you think that that comes from being on Netflix? Do you think it gives it a little bit more of a free reign than a lot of the network shows? Um, I, I, it's hard to say. I mean, I've never been on that side uh, of the table, like working with such large organizations. But I, I could. I can definitely say that it feels more like you're shooting a long film, like an indie film, um, more so than like shooting a TV show. You know, there's just something a little, little more, you know, in the gut there that, that works really well. That's cool about, about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's totally understandable. And, and I think you've, you've said to, to us that you can't really give a lot away for season two. Obviously you're under that. That Marvel contract that that you all sign where you can't give away. But is there any little teasers no, you could give us? They might, they might be listening right now. Like <laughs> There's someone right behind you. <laughs> they kick my door in and give me like, wait, yeah. stop talking. Uh, I, I I think I, I just I you know being at the table reads and seeing everybody do their thing um, and being there when certain you know villains are stepping up to the plate. This scene, uh, this season is, is gonna be, I think, really fantastic and something really special. And the villains, uh, this year are also gonna be incredible. Um, as well as, you know, watching Mike work and being able to watch Simone work. And there's a couple new people who join the cast as well, um, that are incredible, um, actors and artists. And, uh, it was really a privilege to get to work with them. There's some, there's some amazingly talented people. Uh, that came on board this year uh, as well to join an already amazingly talented cast. So it was that's, exciting. Uh, that's great to see. And and the whole cast are, are fairly... They use their social media really well. Mike obviously posts a lot on Instagram now. He's really taken to, to talking to his fans, and, and that's great for, for people like us to see because we are just fans, and that's that's what we are. So it's, it's great that we, we kind of have that interaction with... Um, with a lot of the cast and, and obviously yourself as well. Yeah, it was cool to find you guys on Instagram. You found me at uh, the Justin Swain official site, which is funny, uh, you know, to have, but it's cool to be able to talk to people. I've been getting messages. Um, everyone's excited about the comic cons and WonderCon and all the stuff that's coming up and, and like coming and attending those is a lot of fun. Yeah. Too. And, and that's where our, our love of this sort of thing came from. Both me and Tony have, have attended conventions here in the UK for, <laughs> 15, 20 Many years, years now. Yeah, for a, for a long, long time. So that that's kind of where our love for this sort of thing comes from. That's so, cool, man. So uh, I'm guessing a couple of the other guys have got some questions. Craig, I know you, you had a question for Justin. Yeah, Justin, um, I'd just like to thank you for coming on, definitely. This has been a privilege just to sit here and listen. Um, but Officer Bailey, Season 3 of Luke Cage, off. Officer Bailey gets uh, a superpower, becomes a superhero in his own right. What would you choose if you could? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I, I kind of, you know, I like the idea of him and his, and his crazy little glasses that he wears. Like in the first season, th- those are actually my wife's glasses. I, I, I grabbed them one day and they became this character thing because it's her prescription. So when I look through them too much, I start to get sick. So I have to take them off. 
so, so whenever you see me taking the glasses off, it's because I started to feel sick when I was doing the scene. So, so I'd like to hit his superpower if, if he ever gets one, which would be amazing is, is somehow to do something with some type of, you know, uh, vision or x-ray vision. So I don't have to, like, I'll be able to take the glasses off and I'll be able to see through things or shoot laser beams from my eyes. Like, something like that. I think the I dream piece. of every teenage person. X-ray vision. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So that would be, some type of laser beams from my eyes, I think, might be kind of cool. Fantastic. Hmm. Josh, good with that. Josh, did you have any, any questions? Um, it's just one as, like, a, a person who loves to see superheroes come to life. Like right, right in front of them on the screen, is my cult as much of a complete? Uh, oh, what you, what do they call? It? A ke- he looks like a care bear like as, as a person. <laughs> to me, he seems like if you met him, he'd be like a care bear. You just want to hug him. Is he like? Is he that kind of guy? He's not like the Luke Cage figure out of character. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to give too much away about about Mike and everything, but I got to tell you this. Uh, he has always been nothing but a, a gracious, amazing uh, gentleman to me and my wife, who who comes with me to the rap parties and everything. So he is just a genuinely fun human being to be around, and I, I really enjoy his company. Uh, whenever I get a chance to like hang out or do a scene with him, he's been amazing. Lovely, lovely guy. <laughs> yeah, lovely guy. Tony, did you have did you have anything fun. else, Tony? Yeah, it was just one sort of. Flip question to where we talked about you being in Samuel Defenders. If you could pick a one scene cameo in one of the other shows, which one possibly would spring to mind? If I could pop into one of the other shows, yeah. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to show up in uh, in in Jessica Jones. I think because mm. I, I, like they're two, those two worlds are combined in some type of yeah. way. They're crossing over, so I, I'm sure she's you know might come into our territory at some point. And it would just be kind of a really cool thing to be like one of the guys that, you know, sits in the room to question her for a second <laughs> before like Misty or somebody comes in because I mean, Kristen's attitude that she portrays in Jessica Jones, like just sitting across from her in silence would be intense. Uh, <laughs> so I think that would be amazing. I'd love to be able to do a scene with her like that. That would be pretty cool. And, and uh, so, something kind of similar for me as well. Obviously with, with Marvel and, and Disney buying the Fox characters back. Is there any of the, the X-Men or Fantastic Four or any of those guys that you'd like to see pop up in, in Luke Cage at some point? I don't, I mean, I'd love to see all kinds of crossover, but I think that there are certain, and this is just speculation, but what I've kind of, I, I think there's certain lines drawn where this is this world and that's that world. Um, so I don't know if we're ever going to see a battle between like Wolverine and Luke Cage. <laughs> As awesome <laughs> as that would be, <laughs> because that would be pretty awesome. So I, I think on that note, uh, great talking to you, Justin. Thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate you guys reaching out, and uh, it's uh, it's cool to talk to fans all over the world. I think I'm going to leave you on this one little note. If you go on uh, YouTube and, and you and you type in Justin Swain, Luke Cage, what's really fun, I love watching this, is somebody put together an entire reel of all my scenes from the first season. <laughs> but, but it's all dubbed in French. So oh, brilliant. Well, look at that. So it's the French Detective Bailey. So check that out online. It's really funny. Give it a, give it a watch. And uh, thank you guys for having me. It's awesome.
that's to connect with people all over the world through this. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's great. Thank you very much. And guys, thank you for joining me again. Uh, no as, problem. Al- as always, it's it a pleasure. It's uh, a privilege. And, thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for listening again. We'll be back next week with another Jessica Jones episode recap. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.